Thank you so much for tuning in, sweet family. I'm going to be taking a break. And instead of posting new stuff, I'm going to highlight the episodes that had the highest engagement and the greatest impact for all of my listeners. So please enjoy. Welcome to the Sweet Life Podcast. Are you ready to start living your life with more passion, purpose, and pleasure? And stay tuned to learn more from your behavioralist expert, dating coach, and relationship guru, Sweet Dean. Hey, sweet family. I'm so excited to announce that my podcast is in partnership with Let's Get Checked. They provide professional health testing that you can do from the comfort of your own home. I ordered a full STD panel and female hormone test, and I received my test in a super discreet package the very next day. I submitted all my samples and sent them back in a prepaid envelope, and I got text updates as it was being processed, and I received my results in three days. And if you do come back positive for something or outside the normal range, they provide a free consultation call and they can even prescribe antibiotics over the phone. It's just incredible to be able to take your health into your own hands from the comfort of your home. If you would like to receive 20% off your kit, just use my discount code. Go to trylgc.com slash sweetlife and get tested today. That's trylgc.com slash sweetlife. My sweet family. So when talking to my favorite baristas today about what their biggest dating hurdles are, I was met with a lot of interesting topics. The one central theme that both of them were circling around was fear of judgment. And it seems as though this topic is actually often incorporated into many of my coaching calls and daily interactions with my friends. I think that today it would be beneficial to explore how we judge others and ourselves, as well as the way that we experience people judging us. And I know that this topic can bring up a lot of resistance for some of you, so try to keep an open heart and mind. So let's start with our brain, how it works, and why we like to judge things in our life. Then we can talk about how to move forward and judge less if you want to do that or if you see the benefit in what we're talking about. And finally, how lack of judging directly relates to our true level of awareness. So our brains will use judgment as a shortcut so that it doesn't have to decide each time it's presented with options whether or not to choose one over the other. And for those of you that have not listened to episode 109 and gotten a chance to meet our little label maker, Margaret, in our brain, please go back and listen to it before this one, because I think the two actually go hand in hand really beautifully. So the label maker in our brain likes to directly place labels on everything around us, as well as our thoughts. We judge everything. And if you're saying to yourself right now, I don't do this, that's what I'm talking about that little voice in your head that's narrating and labeling your life. We are constantly making rulings in our own mind of what we deem acceptable or good or right. We are constantly surveying and evaluating the world around us. And it's so interesting for me to see how strong some people's label makers are. Sometimes people have such strong label makers in their brain that they present their judgments as concrete facts, and they have mountains of evidence to support these statements, and I can't tell you the amount of digging we have to do to unearth these locked-in judgments. To give you an example, 
I have a client who told me that no one wants to date them because they are obviously not attractive enough. It's a judgment that they've made about themselves, and they have an insane amount of quote-unquote evidence to support this fact that they are stating. And when I question this, they have thought of every way to back up their truth. So when we broke down this judgment into smaller sections and looked at the way their thoughts were creating their feelings, we saw that this judgment was just something they were using to try and make sense of the fact that they hadn't dated in quite some time. So when we talked about what they would like to feel about themselves, even if they didn't believe it was true yet, they replied that they would like to feel that they were attractive and that people did want to date them. So I asked what new thought they would like to have to support this new way of feeling. This actually took a really long time. They had been judging themselves for so long that being open to new thoughts was difficult. It's like taking a machete through a forest to blaze a new trail, but in your brain. And I can tell you how resistant our brain is to new thought patterns that aren't already established. It becomes very stubborn and resistant. So finally, my client comes up with a new thought to support the new feeling that they are desiring. They said, my thought must be that I am desirable and that people do want to date me. I'm a catch and I know that I have a lot to offer a partner. Side note, my favorite part about thought work is doing this little activity. Take the feeling that you have, find the thought that supports that feeling, then pick the feeling you want to have or the action you want to take and figure out the thought that you would need to have to support that new feeling or action. It's actually very effective for all of my programmers, developers, and engineers that I coach. I mean, really anyone can utilize it, but they seem to latch onto it the quickest. Because I can say, if you input that thought and get that action, what thought would you need to have to get the desired new action? It's a simple mathematical formula. Input thought, output feeling or action. If you know your desired new feeling or action, then you can solve for X, which is the thought input that directly relates to your output new feeling or action. So much fun. For those of you that just got a stomach ache from hearing me reference algebra and are having flashbacks of solving for X on a whiteboard in high school in front of all your friends, I'm very sorry that I was the catalyst for your flashback math nightmares. <laughs> and I'm not trying to go down that road, I promise. As an example, I'm simply stating that if your feeling was that you were nervous to start your own business because you think you're a failure and you wanted to change that, you could start with how you wanted to feel which would be excited to start your business. Then the thought you would need to have is that you're going to be successful and that your business is going to be amazing. So you can see with that new thought and feeling, you would achieve greater success in beginning your business because you've shifted from an old thought and feeling into one that accelerates growth and moves the action forward. So, Back to my client and their amazing revelation. So with this new thought, they were able to get a little more curious about the judgments that they had and also the stories that they had written in their brains to explain the judgments that they had. It's a lot of layering that goes on inside you. And in order to begin peeling away the layers of shame, 
judgment, and thoughts that we have compiled as negative evidence against ourselves, the first step is curiosity. So begin to get curious about your thoughts, about your preferences, opinions, and judgments, and get especially curious about the things that you've labeled as facts. Anytime you give yourself space to re-examine your life and not shut things out immediately, you open up the window for more growth and learning. I mean, just think about how much we like to decide if things are good or bad, if people are good or bad, if thoughts are good or bad, and we're shutting ourselves off from learning. This is how people become prejudiced or sexist or racist. They make statements in their mind that predetermine that an entire group is bad or less than others, and it blocks them from learning and discovering new ways of thinking. It's so limiting. Judging is the opposite of growth. It actually seems to build up walls around us that limit our way of thinking. And the more we engage in judgment, the less room we have to be open to new things. Remember that our brain loves these shortcuts, and the less analyzing it has to do, the easier it is for our brains to move on to judging the next thing, like cold weather bad, coffee good. And now that we have these judgments preset in our brains, we can just kind of be on autopilot, walking through the world with our preset preferences and programming, just spewing out the same thought patterns over and over again, cold weather bad, coffee good, cold weather bad, coffee good, over and over This is kind of a trap because the second we think we know something, we have already shut ourselves off from the possibility to learn more. I always relate this back to science because that was my major. But can you imagine just stopping after the first model of the atom or the first cell phone or computer if we just said, well, that's all we need to know and there's nothing else that can exist outside of this because this is what is known? it would stop momentum and universal progress. Luckily, science is curious, and it does keep exploring the unknown. If we can continue to search for better ways to use our iPhones, we can definitely examine our own thoughts and continue to push ourselves forward into deeper levels of awareness and greater expansion, which, if you're listening to this podcast, then that's probably your goal, because that's what we do in the Sweet Family. We stay curious and keep learning and growing and sharing our failures and successes and encouraging each other's growth. Okay, moving on. It's the same mechanism if we are judging ourselves or someone else. It's making up a definitive statement in our brain that blocks us from exploring something deeper. We call it an opinion or a preference or a judgment, but the underlying characteristics are all the same. It's a way of walling in your thoughts and stopping yourself from learning or expanding your consciousness. And this can be tricky, right? Because that means we're constantly checking in with ourselves, thinking about our thoughts, and deciding on purpose which ones we want to keep. So how do we do this? I know that for a lot of my clients, they keep a judgment journal to keep track of all the times they start to notice judgment cross their path. And if you are a journaling person, by all means, try it out. But I always tell them to have some softness for their own thoughts. Because if you are shaming or judging yourself for the judgment thoughts you are having, then it's actually impossible to change the original thought. So while practicing this space of non-judgment, have some softness for the thoughts that you deem as judgmental and get curious about them. When in doubt, 
Curiosity is usually the answer. And the reason it's so powerful is that it doesn't assume anything. It's open to explore and see all sides in order to use discernment to make a choice. The last point that I want to discuss is what to do when someone else is judging us. And I saved this one for last because the answer is so short. (laughs) So you already know what I'm going to say, but the other person's thoughts create their feelings about you. And it actually doesn't define you in any way. This is the same teaching I do for getting rejected. It doesn't actually matter what the other person thinks about you because those are their thoughts. You get to choose what you want to feel through your thoughts. And the more you embrace your own thoughts and the less energy you give to other people's opinions of you, the more powerful you will become. I promise. The Sweet Life Podcast is in partnership with Let's Get Checked, providing you with discreet at-home testing for hormones and STDs and so much more. If you want to get 20% off today, go to trylgc.com backslash sweetlife. All my love to all of you.